It is Wednesday, December the 21st, 2022. Welcome in everybody to episode number 83 of the Curtain Call podcast, a production of the Yes Network. It is our final show of 2022 as well. We do it with Yes Network president of production and programming and executive producer John J. Filippelli. I'm Justin Jackal, producer Dan Basson, along for the ride as well. Last show, it is coming to you between two big press conferences in the Bronx. On this day, the Yankees introduced Aaron Judge. They reintroduced him, uh, announcing his nine-year contract with the Yankees and also his captaincy. We'll get into that with with Flip here. And the next day, the Yankees will be introducing Carlos Rodon. So there is a, a lot of Fanfare, a lot of pop and circumstance going on at Yankee Stadium as well. We will touch on those two topics, the rest of the baseball free agency league-wide. Also, what the Mets have been doing with Steve Cohen driving the bus, and that bus is loaded. That is for sure. John, how are you? Happy holidays, first and foremost. Are you in the uh, holiday spirit yet? I'm in the holiday spirit 365 days a year. <laughs> so this is just... Just another day of my of my spirit. No, I'm yeah, I feel pretty good. I'm excited about the holidays. I'm looking forward to a little couple of days off and hadn't had to, you know, don't get a lot of time off given the kind of crazy year we've had. So uh I'm really looking forward to a little bit of time with my family and uh, just to kick back a little bit and uh and watch the the Nets tonight. The Nets are playing as we record this, and Nets are playing the Golden State Warriors that big game. And uh two teams that are, you know, two of the elite teams in the game now. So it's exciting. Brooklyn's rolling. Do we do we want to talk Brooklyn Nets in the new year? Sure, why not? I mean, that's uh, our, our Yankee base also likes the Nets, and if they don't, well, maybe we can we can convert a few of them. I like that, they got some they got they got some talent on that team, and they got a coach now so, who understands them, and it seems like he's got them clicking on all cylinders, playing a little defense too. It's a good yep. job. They have the stars. They have the storylines for sure. Uh, one of the top teams in the yeah. East took took a little bit after a slow start, but they are there in the Eastern Conference. Quick reminder. Rate, review, subscribe to Curtain Call. You can follow us on social media at Curtain Call. Yes, John Filippelli at JFlip123. And uh, for me, just at Justin Shackle, my name. John, Aaron Judge introduced, I keep saying that, reintroduced by the New York Yankees earlier today and was named the 16th captain in franchise history. Can you name the previous 15? I'm just asking you yes or no. I'm not asking you to name them all. Yes. Okay, perfect. That's that's the correct answer you're supposed to give. Yeah, I mean, for sure. Uh, it's the tough ones, are like the ones before Garrick. Those are like the really tough ones. If you can name some of those, like uh, you've done okay for yourself. But yeah, I, I could do it. You want to do it? If you yeah, you want to do it? We'll we'll speed it along. We'll we'll, you know, we'll do you it together. Do? You name one. I name one. Greg Nettles. Uh, Clark Griffith. Oh, you should see that. Now you showed me something. You showed me that's really good. You re, that's really good. Rod Guidry. Uh, Don Mattingly. I might as well name the other co who was with Guidry. Willie. Willie Randolph. Okay. No, Willie was full. Guidry was, Guidry and, uh, let's see, Guidry was co with uh, with Willie, wasn't he? Yeah. And Mattingly yeah. Was, was full. Right. But Mattingly was full. So at Mattingly, you had Jeter, obviously, right? Judge, so that's four right there. Right. So you had you named Jeter. That's five. I'll give. I'll throw another old one. Munson. Munson. Munson's a good one. Yeah. Uh, right. it, it's it's wild that like Thurman Munson's more of the modern uh, era of Yankee captains. Uh, Frank Chance. Frank Chance. You know what? Then you've got Evers too, right? No, no errors. No tinker either. And no. uh, <laughs> right. 
So that's so that's seven. Yeah, we got a whole slew more guys. I'll go Babe Ruth. Uh, I guess he was captain of the Yankees, wouldn't he? Man, I mean, yeah. I know he was, but I didn't know. I didn't know. Was Ruth actually captain? He didn't exactly officially. He's captain. Yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't. He was like a big, like a party kind of guy. Yeah, the Babe was, you know, with his uh, nightlife and stuff. I, they were I going with a different type of leadership in that era. Yeah, yeah. They they were going with like the 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 party all night. Uh, but versions. but uh yeah pl- uh. Work hard, part play hard. Yeah. Okay. Um, Keep going. Keep going. Did we mention Garrick? We'll, we'll put Garrick in there. That's nine. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. Oh, we got to go back. Way back. <laughs> it's not as easy as it sounds, is it? No. Uh, Hal Chase. Hal Chase. I know. Right. I know these names because I read a book that just documented the first twenty years of the franchise. So yeah. that's the only reason why I know that. Thank you, Dom Amori. Former Yankee beat writer. Uh, that's ten. Um, hmm. How about you? You, you named Chance before someone who would be in that era. Wee Willie Keeler. Uh, I think that's right. I think Willie Keeler was was one of the captains of the Yankees. Get him where they ain't. Yeah, Everett uh, Scott. Would not, would not have. What was his name? Everett Scott. Nope, wasn't going to get that one. That's a tough one. Good. Yeah. Um. I think I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, who, did we, who did we miss? Let's see who we missed. Let me look this up. We got Hal Chase. Oh, we, we missed uh, Roger Peckinpah. Okay. But Kid Eberfield. Kid Eberfeld, rather. Kid okay. Kid, I would never gotten Kid Eberfeld. I didn't get him. I knew no. Gidrick, Randolph. I didn't get Peckinpah. I knew Chase, Everett Scott, Greg Nettles, Thurman Munson, Luke Garrick, Don Madden. Babe Ruth was not. Don Madden. Okay. Now, well, now, now we have Aaron Judge. Uh, on the heels of him being, it's tough because you know, like Kid Everfell, like, there was not someone people going to know. No, and then I, I didn't know Roger Peckinpah. You got me there, and uh, I mean, but I mean, I knew I'm old, but I'm not that old. You know, say. <laughs> oh, right. anyway. Judge Judge is now the 16th captain in this yeah. franchise's history. Yeah. Uh, what added responsibilities does Aaron Judge now have? I, I would argue that he's been the sort of the captain of the Yankees for the last few years. You know his his demeanor in the dugout, uh, how he looks after the other players, uh, how he's, uh, you know, he's when he speaks, he speaks not in singular, but he speaks in plural. He speaks in in, in team. He doesn't speak in I. Uh, I think those are all things that captains do. The the, the guy who uh, who uh, makes sure that he takes the temperature in the clubhouse, and if there's a problem in the clubhouse, goes over to a player, make sure the player is okay, and then you know uh, he gives his counsel, and then um, you know gives his wisdom, and then offers his protection, and that's what captains do. And I think he's done all those things for the last couple of years, almost ever since he's been with the Yankees. He's, he's kind of filled that preach. I think ever since he hit the his rookie year was when he hit the 50, 52 home runs. Was it? When he, so I think then when he got the, he had the credibility on the field, he had the credibility, always had the credibility as a person. But, but being able to do it on the field gave him, pretty much made him the captain. Because you look for somebody who could do it on the field, but also somebody who could, you know, has the wisdom and the the personality and the disposition to be able to lead. And uh, and he certainly has all those things. And he has a new contract now, three hundred sixty million over the next nine years. It's going to take uh, Aaron Judge into his late thirties and really, pretty much lock him up as a Yankee for life. Uh, for for the business of the Yankees, what does? judge's return to this team and his captaincy what does it mean to the brand 
Well, you know, the, the Yankees have always been bigger than than any one individual player. Let, let's 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 see whether it was Babe Ruth, you know, or Mickey Mantle or Derek Jeter or whomever. Uh, you can go back in the, in the history of the Yankees, Luke Garrett, Munson, any any great player, any superstar player, any MVP player. Uh, the Yankees have always the, 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 they were part of the brand. They were part of what made the Yankees the Yankees. But the Yankees were never really about and it. Maybe maybe Ruth might be the exception because Ruth was such a singular force. I mean, he was he was bigger than not only anybody in the game. He was bigger than teams in the game by himself. He was just a, a singular force. So other than maybe Ruth, I don't think there's ever been a player who I mean, great players. Let's not let's not, you know, great players, but the great players on the championship teams. And a lot of this you judge in championships. You know, we're surrounded DiMaggio. I mean, how about DiMaggio? I mean, DiMaggio wasn't captain either. How about that? I mean, you get yeah. I mean, DiMaggio and Mickey Mantle wasn't captain, right? Mantle or wasn't Yogi, captain. No. Yogi wasn't captain. Ruth wasn't captain. Look at the great players that weren't captains. So yeah, there, was a, there was a large gap between, uh, what was it, Garrigan and Munson? Large really gap. Funny. Really was. Yeah. Well, you start looking at that, you say, well, that's that's one part of it. But the other part about the brand, the brand is always about the team. It's always about the institution of, of the of, of the Yankees. It's about the Yankees being the Yankees. So I don't know what Aaron Judge means. It's part of the brand extension. He's part of that brand. He's a big part of that brand. His home run power, his disposition, his captaincy are all part of the of the of the of the brand. But 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 uh, I mean, certainly he, he he helps fortify the brand and make the brand as strong as it is. And, you know, I mean, look at the year that he had last year. It was a year for the ages. And we have a year for the ages. That has a lot to do with uh, the, the popularity of the team and the, the success of the team, both uh, on the field and off the field. Uh, that's, uh, the economics of it as well. TV, too, all that stuff. All, I did. Yeah, that's very true. Um, all things considered, the, the very end played out in public between John Heyman's tweet, him going to the Giants. We found out afterward that he met with the Padres. Uh, how close do you think he went to uh, leaving New York and not returning to the Yankees? Oh, I don't, I you know, I don't really have a way of answering that to, because I, you know, I, although I, I'm from, I know him and I know his family, you know, that's not something that they would share with me. But, but I would say if I had to take an educated guess because I have some idea, I would just say. I think that he was going to play the process out. Once you get to free agency, it's in your best interest as a player to play it out. He may, in the back of his mind, said, okay, I know what the offer is from the Yankees. I suspect I have a pretty good idea what their offer is going to be now. I don't know exactly, but it's going to be higher than the one I turned down. It's going to be pretty good. And so I know I've got that in my pocket. Let me just see what else is there. And he goes out and he listens and he goes through the process and he's courted and, you know, he goes through it and he says, okay, I'm, I, I'm, how many times am I going to be a free agent? This may be the only time I'm ever a free agent because he knew he's looking at a big contract for a lot of years. So let me play it out. Let me see what it is. Let me see if there's something, maybe someplace else that I could take and, you know, maybe go back to the Yankees with, or, you know, I, I kind of want to be a Yankee, but let me just see who else is out there. Let me, I owe it to myself having waited this long to coming this far. I have to play the process out. And I think he played it out. I think he probably was tempted by San Francisco. Francisco. I mean, he grew up, you know, he grew up in Linden, you know, uh, not too far away. He grew up a Giants fan, you know, so he, you know, that was in his, his heart. His family's there, you know, a lot of his mother and father are there in Linden, so friends are there. You know, I think that that probably was in his mind, but I think if everything was relatively equal, he was going to be a Yankee. And it, it, it turned out it was it was at least relatively equal, if not more. 
But then you take into consideration having played in New York, the success of the Yankees, the Giants are in a little bit of a rebuild right now. They're, you know, they don't have, a, they're not the team that's won the three championships that they won prior years. They're not that team now. They're in a rebuild. So he looks at it and says, okay, I mean, he's got Anthony Rizzo, who is his bosom buddy on that team. He's got Cortez, he's a bosom buddy. He's got a lot of friends on that team. You know, he's very popular with the fans. You know, the, the, the media money, the endorsement money is all here in New York, too. There's a lot of reasons to stay here, you know, and then Hal, Hal was not going to let him go. Hal courted him very, very aggressively. And, you know, everybody wants to be wanted. And I think he felt really wanted. I think you need to give a lot of credit to the Yankees here because once again, whether, you know, no matter how it happened, the end result was that judge remains in New York. And I feel like the Yankees over time, since the beginning of free agency, since players coming and going on different teams became more common, maybe what mid seventies, late seventies, my opinion, the Yankees are undefeated in retaining players that they did not want to get away. So you can go back to like Robinson Cano. I, I don't think they fully wanted him back the way they wanted Aaron Judge back. Right. Oh, like I, I, I feel like, well, I'm just saying that that's, that's, that's a, that, that, that's one recent, I guess, example, right? I, I feel like this organization is undefeated. If they want a guy not to leave this team, it's not going to happen. They have the resources. They have the resources, yeah. which, which gives them a big leg up. But you see, but a lot of teams have money, you know, in this day and age. I mean, you know, the, the, these teams are not, most of them are not poor. They have pretty good resources. The fact that the Giants could make an offer, you know, it was commiserate with the Yankees. Well, the Padres could make at least, in, I don't know if it was in reality, but in theory, it was a better or bigger offer than the Yankees made, the Padres made. They would go that 10-year. You know, that what that 10-year did was guaranteed, I think, that the Yankees had to go at least nine. I mean, I really think that that's probably what that tenth year did. But, but I mean, honestly, I mean, I'm sure he appreciated this is the San Diego thing. But he didn't want to be a Padre. If he wanted to be a Padre, he would have gone to the Padres. You know, right. some, you know, some of this is about money and about, you know, and about with him. I don't look. He's not the highest paid player in the game. Got a heck of a contract. I mean, this is this is a great contract. Don't kid yourself. I mean, but but it's, there are still pitchers who make more on an on AAV or an annual an average annual value. They make you know more. But but in terms of the aggregate money that's involved. And in terms of the years, and I mean, it's be look. Somebody will come along in the next three or four years and make more per year. Yep. I don't know if they'll make more years. I don't. I don't know. Maybe Soto will be that player. Who knows what, what, how the economics? The next CBA will be fascinating. I thought if they get a salary cap and then be able to control the cost of you know of labor, I'd be interested to see if the baseballs are trying to do that for a long time. And players have said no, and the owners have said yes, and there's always been this sort of a big stalemate over it. And I still think there'll be the, you know hopefully there won't be Armageddon over it. Hopefully the smarter minds and you know, calmer people will will win the day, but you know that that is a potential Armageddon issue for sure, and you know, it's because it does speak to the the economics of the game. I mean, the, the right now the economics are, are I mean, I mean, listen for the for the country being in the shape that it's in currently, and what we've just been through for the last year or so. It's uh, and to see the player salaries, and I'm not begrudging them; they deserve they, they make whatever you can make. It's a free free market. You know, but he's telling like you know people to pay uh, Carlos Correa what he's got or Judge what he's got. I mean, they're, they're obviously worth it to the teams that's, that signed them for sure. There's value there, but but still, in all, that's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. They're, these things, these salaries are not going backwards. No, they never go backwards. Um, so the Yankees and Judge come to an agreement. Yes. A lot of fans are are conditioned at this point, given recent history, to say, okay, well, what's next now? What's you've you've essentially evened out. You're you're at the point you ended last year at in terms of the talent on the team. 
What's next? What are we going to now do for 2023 moving forward? The Yankees did make that addition. They added Carlos Rodon. There's still another half of the offseason to go here. So between Rodon and other pieces that have yet to be determined, what do you think is next for this Yankee franchise? Well, it'd be nice to say Mike Trout, but I don't see that happening. So, or, you know, you know, you know, you know, that's interesting because look, at a certain point, we've been talking about economics here, but at a certain point, you know, economics have to stable, stabilize. You can't pay everybody 30 million to $40 million contracts. You just can't do it. You can't do it. So the Yankees have a standing contract, which is 30 something. You've got Cole's contract, which is what, 37, 36, 37, 38, something like that per year for a bunch of years left. Now you got judges contract. You know, these are big, these are big, big contracts. And, you know, and it isn't, you know, you could say, well, it's not about the money. Well, it's not. I mean, look, the Yankees, the Yankees do well. They do well in, in every part of their business, but they do well because but because they put a really good product on the field and they care about the fan base and they want to put the best product they can out there. I know the man, the mantra has been for a whole bunch of years that if you don't win a championship, it's not have been a great year. But you know what? I, I I don't I don't know that that's true. I do think that the Yankees need to win a championship. I think that they do. I think they need to win a championship for a whole lot of reasons, and I think that they will. I think once they do that, I think a little of the pressure comes off of having to win every year because it's not really realistic for any team to look at the teams that have won in the last couple. Cubs had that run in sixteen. They won that. They finally got that elusive championship, and they had a couple of nice years after when they made the playoffs, but they didn't really come close to being the team that they were in sixteen. You know, teams the Kansas City worlds went back didn't they go back to back 15 and 16 they went to not, not 16 but like 14 and 15 they went to the world series or i think it was back to back and they won one and they yep. lost one and where would have where have they been since they haven't the nationals won championship where have they been since I mean, we could do this you know right. the, the astros are the one right now the one team that seems to be like they're consistently in that in that in, in that era in that in that place where you got to really respect their chances of winning a championship because they've got that kind of team and they've got that kind of organization. But the Yankees have a really great team and the Yankees have a really great organization. And they did, you know, they they looked, they went to the LCS, they went to the LCS a number of times the last couple of years. They just haven't been able to punch their ticket to the World Series. I think Rendon and, and, and keeping Judge really stabilizes them and, and adding Rendon to that st- starting. Look at this pitching the Yankees have now. Look at the pitching. You got Cole, you got Rendon, you've got Severino, you've got Nestor, you've got uh, what you call it is a, a, a Frankie uh, Montas. Montas is yeah. a fifth starter. He's your fifth starter, okay? And he was the ace of the A's pitching staff, who didn't do as well. He was, I, I think, he was hurt, and didn't play particularly well. The Yankees got him, but I still he's young enough where you know, listen, if if he's your five right now, Yankees starting pitching is really in great shape. They can win any series against any team, but you know, but they have to, you know, they got to stay healthy. You've got there's things they have to do to you know to make their defensive. You got to get get looking at the left fielder. We're looking at some relievers that will help them. You know there's, there's there's places they can go to be better. And you look at the competition. Let's look at the competition for a second. Toronto got better. Toronto was good. They weren't as good as people thought they were. Mainly because they're they're big guns. They had all good years, but they didn't have great years. Like Guerrero didn't have the year that he had. Two years ago, when he was the you know MVP kind of a player, he wasn't that last year. Although he was had a great year, and there some of their other players, you know, you know, Bichette, those guys that they they uh, they've got talent on that team for sure. They really do, but it's just you know, but it's not. 
it's not arrived yet. They're, they haven't kicked the door in yet. They're knocking on it. They haven't kicked it in yet. They're going to start kicking it in and getting some pitching, which they got, will help them a lot. I think they're, they're a team you got to look out for. But I think the right now the Yankees are better. The Yankees are better than them. They're better than Tampa Bay. has gone a little backwards. They're not, they didn't go forward. They've gone backwards. Baltimore, which had a really nice year, but had a winning year. First time they've done that in a really long time. They were poised to go out and get a couple of free agents that really could have made them really interesting, but they didn't do anything. They didn't do anything. So you look at the East and you say to yourself, well, who there? who's there that really scares you? Toronto a little bit, but the Yankees are the team right now. And then, then they should, you know, and then they, and then they, once they start, you know, doing what they need to do, then they can start looking at October. Right now, they got a long way to go between then and now. But they've got a lot of talent. And, and the Yankees right now, the Yankees right now are the chalk. They're the chalk. You, you just brought up Baltimore, and it, it kind of transitions into what we're about to talk uh, about, which free agency as a whole. But I wonder here, Baltimore was poised in the eyes of so many people to make a dent in free agency. I'm wondering if they didn't realize what was about to happen within free agency. Like, did free agency become too rich for the Orioles' blood? Because we saw some unprecedented deals handed out to the likes of Trey Turner, Xander Bogarts. You could throw Aaron Judge into that conversation as well. Long-term big money deals to players who are at or over 30. Correa's right there as well. Big-time money, long-term deals. Maybe that's a pool that the Orioles ultimately didn't want to swim in because I feel like at the beginning of the offseason, nobody was talking about the anticipation of these types of deals. Like What triggered this type of spending and this type of shift in thinking from the owners? I don't know. I wish I could answer that question. It, that's something that I've thought about too. I mean, I, I certainly never saw it coming, you know, especially when we got into a recession, which the, you know, the country's in, I said, well, you know, if anything, the spending will be, you know, listen, the, you always pay for top talent. You always pay for top talent, but, but, and, and you judge, you know, deserve what he got. And, and, you know, and then Rendon deserved what he got and Correa deserves, I think, though he has a bad back deserves a large portion of what the Mets just gave him. There's no doubt, but, but you know what, but what's happened in the last several years, excluding this off season was it wasn't like a rising tide raises all boats used to be right. If everybody, if the top guy was making, I you know let's make a number of 35 million. Then the next guy who may not be nearly as good as the top guy, but by because but but because he was the next guy got like 33 million. Then somebody got 32 million and 30 million. But you know, but that stopped the last couple of years where the top guys got paid or relatively well paid and not not as paid as they wanted to get paid. Because if you look at the, like Harper, what he drew, Machado, what he drew, I mean, those guys didn't get what they thought that they deserved. Carlos Correa last year didn't get what he thought he should get. That's why he signed that deal with the twins to go for one year and then have the opt-out if the market got better where he could put himself on the market, declare free agency, and hopefully get a better deal for himself. That's what that was all about. So many players took you know, deals where they, they made a deal that gave them obviously very good money, but it wasn't the money they wanted, anticipated, or felt they were worth with the idea that they could if the market got bad, better, they could declare themselves free agents and make up the money that way. And so far, that strategy has worked really well this season. And but who saw this coming? I mean, I didn't see it. I don't know anybody. I talk to a lot of people I've seen the game of baseball who know the game, love the game, appreciate the game, and understand it. And they didn't see it coming either. So 
I don't I, I don't know the economic forces. I mean, because if I mean if you look at it, nothing baseball didn't get a big raise in its TV money. You know, they didn't there's been no new television agreement that you sit there and say, like, wow, they just got this big raise, and then they got like a you know, a couple hundred million dollars, they got a billion dollar raise, they got whatever they got, and therefore everybody's saying, Okay, we got all this money, now we, we can spend it more to make ourselves better teams. And that didn't happen. So the money, as far as I know, the money is the money has been pretty stable the last couple of years in terms of what baseball is getting. It's getting nice money from its TV partners and you know from some of its regional networks. Although some of their regional networks are now in, are, are in some a little bit of trouble. Some of these teams with their regional networks, not yes, yes is doing really well. I said why is doing well, but not as you know some other people, folks are not faring as well. What's what's causing that downturn? You know, it's just it's 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 just you know people paid a lot of money. To, to clubs and and you know they're not not seeing it back some of the TV partners so you know not all but some so there's there's a problem there so the you know, the business is going to re, re, like any business it has to recalibrate itself it retrenches itself it recalibrates itself it reconfigures itself baseball is no different and I think that's the economics that are driving whatever it is it's driving except you know you, the 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 money doesn't seem like it's going up in terms of what baseball is bringing in but the but the salaries are going up which you know speaks a lot to people's competitive desire and competitive ability to win or the ability that they see down the road is more money coming its way through streaming or whatever. Well, that brings us to the other news item that dropped on the day we're recording this. So not only Aaron Judge, but early on in the morning hours of this day, Mets owner Steve Cohen made another splash. Carlos Correa is Queensbound. He I guess you could say failed his physical. Uh, there was a disagreement between he and the Giants after they agreed to a deal. Steve Cohen and the Mets, they swoop in. Correa is now a Met. Uh, piggybacking on the topic we were just on here, John, what what is Steve Cohen to the other owners around baseball? Well, listen, he's not afraid to spend money. And um, George Steinbrenner wasn't afraid to spend money. Uh, the Dodgers a couple of years ago weren't afraid to spend money. Uh, certain owners have not been afraid to spend money through the years. Have so certainly, uh, you know, going back to the the infancy of free agency, Gene Autry was certainly another owner who, with the Angels, wasn't afraid to, you know, go out and get Rod Carew and Bobby Gritch and Don Baylor and a whole bunch of other stars when he needed to spend the money to get them, retain Nolan Ryan, the Angels, etc. I mean, so there have been teams through the years that have done this. Uh, you know, it's usually with mixed mixed success. Some teams seems have done well with it, but you know, you can you can get a centerpiece, you get a couple of stars, help you, but at the end of the day, you still have to have a team. By that, a real team, a real organization, and a real team that to consistently win. I think the Mets made a lot of progress last year, considering where they were to where they finished last season. Uh, although at one point in the season, they looked better than they did at the end of the season. But having said that, they still won over 100 games and made the playoffs. It was something they hadn't done in a while. So they, they certainly laid the foundation. I think getting Correa is a, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. But if you put money aside for a second, you know, Correa stays healthy. Correa is a heck of a player. And he's a really good player in October. He's a really good October player. So if he stays healthy, this could turn out to be a really master stroke, and the disagreement with the Giants could turn out to be a blessing for the Mets. The fact that, that Cohen could spend money, he was afraid to spend money for Diaz to keep Diaz. Diaz is the elite closer in the game. You know, he is. So he went out and kept him. They did lose some pitchers, though. I mean, so if you look at the team in the aggregate right now, I'm buck. I'm a little worried about my pitching, my starting pitching. I'm not worried about some of the position players. Like last year, they had it was more like they didn't have a lot. They weren't getting a lot from the position players. They were getting the pitching. Now I think that you know they've lost some. They've lost some some interesting pieces. That's Carrasco. They lost what's his Bassett. You know, you lose those are. 
those are tough pieces to lose. And you lose, so their starting staff has been, you know, a little bit, a bit of turmoil. Um, but having said that, you know, Annie Verlander was certainly for next year, or maybe if he stays healthy. But you know, the fact that he had his his, uh, his Tommy John surgeries, you know, the fact he hadn't really had pitched in two years probably gives you two more years on the arm. You know, it doesn't. That's not going to sit there and age and say, "Well, he's he's two years older, therefore we hadn't really pitched." So that may give him, you know, the, the, the get him through the two years. I don't know, but I will say this: that you know, if it comes down to money, you know, Cone is not going to be denied. He's got the money. Uh, other owners have money too, but you know, at the end of the day, it's like how how much do you want to spend? Spending your way through through oblivion is not necessarily is oblivion. You know, it's not, it doesn't guarantee a championship. Spending money does not guarantee a championship. It's who you spend it on. It's also getting pr production from your farm system, getting key you, to win a championship. It's always, it's always the same recipe. You've got to get uh, the same piece of the equation. You've got to get help from unexpected places. You have to place it. People making the team you didn't see making the team that that trading deadline acquisition that all of a sudden the, the way Cespedes sparked the Mets several years ago uh, when they got into the World Series Cespedes did that it was just that that one deal put them there he it was just he became such an incredible force for them he didn't do he did anything since they set up a big deal and he fell on his face but the, but that for that magical couple of months he was incredible and that's what you hope for you got to get lightning in a bottle and some teams can do it some teams don't so at the end of the day spending money is no guarantee of anything. You, know, you sign somebody a long-term deal, and then they get hurt and they don't play again. <laughs> yeah, so you you never, especially pitching, you really got to be careful about pitchers. So having said all that stuff, who knows? But the fact that he's got the resources makes him somebody. If I'm an, another owner, I've got to you know I've got to stay at the top of my game to be able to compete. So you don't necessarily think the complexion of the National League changed with Carlos Correa's overnight move to the Mets. It certainly makes the Mets better, it, but the reality is they, they. But their pitching has gone backwards to me, so their pitching isn't as good. I mean, they're, they're you know they they're getting some bullpen help, which will help them there because the bullpen needed some help other than the closer. They you know, they needed some help. They're getting help there, but the starting pitching to me has gone a little bit backwards. So I don't see the starters as being whatever whatever they pick up with Correa, they may give up with the lack of starting pitching unless they address it, which I'm sure they're going to try and do. But you know, teams starting pitching is gold. And you try to hold on to that starting pitching is good starting pitching. You try to protect it. You hold on to it. You keep it at any cost. That's why it's so expensive in free agency. That's why starting pitching. That's why Verlander could get forty-two for whatever the heck he got. And uh, you sit there and you say, like, wow, that's a lot of money because he's Justin Verlander. And I don't know how much more time he's got to be an effective starter. But I tell you what, he did. He used to used to doesn't win the World Series without him this year. So you know you, you can't you can't you can't look at starting pitching. You always have to look at starting pitching, not with a jaundiced eye. It's the eye, it's the only eye to look at baseball is through starting pitching, pitching and defense. Offense is great. You need hitting. Got to score runs. Obviously, you need all all facets of the game. It's like football. You need offense, defense, and you need special teams. But there are certain things that are just but you you can win with with okay special teams and okay offense, but you can't win without defense. Baseball, you can't win without pitching, and the defense is part of the pitching. So we're at the midway point of the offseason. All of the talk about big money spending, the shift in thinking coming off the new CBA from these owners. We really haven't mentioned teams like the Red Sox or the Dodgers here. Um, why haven't those teams maybe received, just be tongue in cheek, like received the memo? Why didn't they get the memo that this was the new world that we're living in here? Uh, that's another interesting question. Um, I think the Red Sox are, are just have a new direction. They're caught betwixt and between. 
Um, what they've done, if you go back and look at the last, you know, 10, 12, 13 years with the Red Sox, in between winning these championships, and they won a bunch of them, won three of them, right? In between winning those championships, they haven't fared all that well. Like, so they would like, they'd have a nice year, win a championship, and then they'd have two years with, eh, they were very good. And then they'd have a nice year and win a championship, and then they were okay, and then they didn't win anything for two, three years. That's kind of what they've been in. Uh, right now, I don't know that they've got the farm system to turn out the players. I don't think the farm system is really there to replace the players. The older players the, that they signed to these long term, some of these guys are getting older now. That, I mean, JD Martinez is gone. I assume I think he's gone. I think he signed with somebody. And Sale is not nearly as effective as he was. And, you know, he's been hurt and, you know, a lot of injuries there. And if they could, be, if they could make that deal again, they wouldn't, I'm sure. You know, so you look at that and you, you know, so there's a, they're, they're in flux. Losing, losing Bogarts really hurts them. I mean, you know, you got Trevor Story, who's a nice player, but they moved him at second so they could play Bogarts at short. Now he'll go back to short because it's easier to find a second baseman than a shortstop. He'll be okay, but he's not, you know, Bogarts is still Bogarts was, and Devers is the key to that team. And a friend of mine up with the Red Sox land was telling me that uh, they're miles apart. They're not even the same galaxy, was his quote. To me, in terms of being able to sign him right now, and Devers will play it out. I mean, he's going to sit there. He's going to. He's got agents. They see what's going on. They're going to try to maximize what he can get. And I don't know if the Red Sox will be suitors for him. But honestly, I don't know how they couldn't be, because I mean, he's their one. You know, they they their fan base is really good. They support that team. They sell out that park. They buy their merchandise. They watch their television network. You know, they need a product. You know, they can't sit there and say. Well, we, we we'll just take, take three or four years off because you know we're not going to win and we want to spend a lot of money. And just you know, look at our bottom line. I, I don't think they're going to take that attitude. They shouldn't. I don't think they will, knowing knowing their ownership. But if right they now, didn't acquiesce, yeah. But if they didn't acquiesce to the the market or the desires of uh, uh, Mookie Betts or Xander Bogarts here, and look, Bogarts probably should have never made it to free agency to begin with. Uh, are are they going to be doing that with Devers? Just so they could say we didn't let that entire core get away, like well, is that, that is Devers the the guy that you that you ultimately decided wisely on in the end? It's a good question. I mean, I love Betts. Betts is a great player. Mookie Betts is a great baseball player, and Xander Bogarts is a really good baseball player, and Devers is a really good baseball player. You know, to sit there, I mean, those are, you need to need those three pieces. To, as far as I'm concerned, you know, J.D. Martinez, who was, uh, you know, he was, he's, made, he's, he's in his upper 30s now, but but he was a terrific player in his prime and really helped the Red Sox in the years that he was with them. He did, made nice contributions to them. I mean, look, but their pitching, their pitching isn't there right now. They don't have the pitching. They don't seem to have the farm system. They're missing way too many pieces. So if you're going to retrench and you're going to rebuild, then you better retrench and rebuild. So when you when you when you get the pieces you need, you can go on a, on, on a, on a, on a sustained run. I don't see the Red Sox in any kind of sustained run. I see them as in deep trouble. You know, they got old all at once. They got uh, they got injured all at once. They got uh, they, they've lost you know players to you know uh, to other teams all at once. The you know free agency, whatever. Uh, I just think it's, it was unfortunately it was the we call it the perfect storm. We'll call it the imperfect storm. It was the imperfect storm. And all this happened to them at once. Had a new general manager. A new, don't forget the general manager is different. You know, there was For some, sure. they say that he's not. You know, I mean, look at the history of general managers they've had. Some really great general managers. Yeah. The, 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 this one is unproven. He hasn't quite proven himself yet. He's unproven, but the names that we're talking about, the players that we're mentioning, these are owner-level decisions that are, are being made, in my opinion, with Betts, Bogarts, ultimately what happens with Rafael Devers. And you bring up a great point. There's not a lot telling us that the Red Sox 
are going to be contenders for a title in the coming seasons. A lot can change quickly. We've seen that for sure. But if you are going to re-sign Devers and have him join this group that's receiving massive extensions, if you're not going to be winning on the front end of that extension, maybe, and and the returns haven't been great either in in, in the past with these trades, maybe it's time to deal him away. Let me play devil's advocate. Why were the Giants so interested in Aaron Judge? Look at the Giants. To begin to build something. Yeah. To begin to build something, but they don't have anything built. The core player, their core star players are all gone. Or pretty much. You know, the run that they went on with, with the with the players that gave them the championships is over. It's done. They don't have any young mm-hmm. budding star. I mean, who tell me who's got they got a young budding star on that team? Who? They don't. They don't. They they don't. They do not. Judge is no. a superstar. Judge fills the ballpark. Judge buys you time if you're the Giants to put a team around him. He's your guy. People will will, will, will be interested in the team because he's such a huge force. Judge, they, you know, when you don't have much going on, he's a lot. You could focus on him and say, okay, the team. This is the first step in the, the direction they need to go. Now they'll spend more money. They will get they'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll draft player players. They will we'll put more money into scouting, development, whatever we need to put money in. They'll do it. But but the reality is, if they'd assigned Judge, all they would have had would have been Judge. I mean, this is the way I look at it, right? You could say the you looked at like the Padres. Don't forget the Padres threw their hat in this ring too. Now and they went to I mean they offered what ten years and forty million a year. I mean that that's for a, over to, over a decade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's that's like crazy. Yeah. That's a crazy offer. I'm not saying that in their minds, but you said, well, how can they afford it? They're a small market team that's small, with small market revenues, blah, blah, blah. You look at it, you say, well, Machado's, Machado's going to opt out after this year because he's making you know, he's making around $30 million a year, and he's a talent that in this market will make a lot more than that. If Correa got what he got, what was, was Machado worth? Machado's worth a lot of money. We're going to find out. <laughs> so Machado opts out. Say he opts out. So then say, say I'm not signing with San Diego, okay? So there's there's like thirty million off the books right there. Tatis they signed to an incredibly friendly contract. They gave him all the years, but they got him at a much lower rate. But then you know they, had the, they unfortunately had the the drug situation happened. But who knows if you know I'm sure he's, he's he'll be on the mend and he'll be okay. I'm sure hopefully for him. But still in all that was that's a blow to them. So you look at it, you say, you said, where where do you have your money tied up? They've got they have they don't have to pay what's his name yet Soto. He's not due for another two years. You have to pay him in two years. You have to pay him in arbitration. But what do you pay him in arbitration? $20 million, $22 million, Whatever he gets, I don't know. Right. But it's not going to be $40 million. It's not going to be $50 million. It's not going to be $45 million. So you look at it and you say, you know, if you're on, the, if you're on that line, you're on that cub line, like in, you know, when you play dice, whatever, you're on that line. And you say, God, we're almost there. What, what do we need to put ourselves over the top? You know, and, and you, you know, and you've spent, you've got a lot of money invested in the situation. You see, you owe it to yourself and your team and your fan base to see it through. You have to see it through when you're that close. I mean, that's the Yankees are really close. The the only thing standing in the Yankees' way is Houston. That's that's who stands in their way. That's who has stood in their way. That's who continues to stand in their way. Now, Rendon, Judge coming back, Rendon having Rendon. Sorry, I mean, do you? Th- I mean, do you think? Don't you think that that closes? The gap. I mean, Houston now. Verlander is not there. I mean, he's older. He's not there. He's come from Houston. Don't you think that that? I mean, I know they got a lot of talent on that team. Tons of talent, and they got really good ownership and good management, right? But still, and all, still, and all. I mean, that's. Do you want makes... my honest? Do you want my honest opinion? Do you want my? I want honest you to lie. No, I want you to lie. Don't don't don't, don't give me honest. Okay. Lie. 
No, tell me, of course. No, I don't think. No, I don't think it closes the gap. I don't. I think. I think they made uh, progress, but the gap is not closed. I don't think that by it, by it any stretch. I didn't say it was closed. I said it helps close the gap. Right. But the gap is not closed. There's a difference. No. But isn't the, the objective to to eliminate the gap? Well, but you know that's why you play games. That's why you play a season. Sure. That's why yeah. you don't. We don't even know what. Do we know anything about who's going to play shortstop for the Yankees? Who's your shortstop? We really don't. No. But but what's his name? Who played really well when he finally went in the LCS? Mm-hmm. When he finally started decided who's going to play short, right? Played really well. Uh, Palazzo, right? Played well, right? Yeah. Okay. And what about Volpe? I mean, Volpe's due. Volpe's supposed to be on the team, from what I understand. I mean, so if they make the team, then one's a shortstop, one's maybe your third baseman. I mean, I know that they signed, they signed uh, what's his name? They signed kind of, you know, but 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 all I'm saying is that I, you know, is, is that really the third baseman of the future? Are they really, is that really where it goes? I don't see that. Are they going to roll with two rookies in their lineup? I don't know. Yeah. Well, that, that's why we're at the midway point. But how many, rookies, how many rookies were playing in the LCS? I mean, just let you say that. It's like, are they going to roll with two rookies? You had how many rookies playing in an LCS? And you had one are they going to do it from the outset of a full season? That's the if question. They, if, if they think they'll be better for it, why not? I mean, I don't know what Donaldson – I know they have another year with Donaldson on his contract, but who knows if Donaldson will be here, right? Mm-hmm. He's not here. He was playing third. I, I know you're going to tell me, you know, you know, kind of yeah. – what's his name? He's going to play it? I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it would be the right move or the wrong move. Saying that's the reality. I mean, IKF is your third baseman. He could be. You want to go glove at third? You could play third for sure. But you hit him. I don't care about that. I don't. Did you see enough? Here's here's uh, here's what I want to clear up with with Isaiah Kiner for Leffa, major league player. Okay, what we've seen from this past season, a full season, I don't believe he is a starting player on a team that is contending for a world championship. I don't either. Did you what from what you saw from what you saw at shortstop, I know it's two different positions, but if if you what you saw at shortstop lends you to believe that he is going to be playing a championship caliber third baseman. Erase the fact that he won the gold glove in 2020. Okay. Because that I feel like that's the crush I feel like it's a, 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 an idea that people clutch on to. But, I mean, From what I saw at shortstop, doesn't let me to believe that he's going to be a serviceable third baseman on a championship contending team. Oh, I think he could play third base. I just don't know if he can hit enough. To you know, that, That's a corner position. You usually don't have guys playing third base who can't hit. You have to be able to hit. You have to, to, to be, some of your best hitters in the game are third baseman, right? So you got to be able to hit. And I don't know that he hits enough. He certainly defensively, I think he's strong enough. I don't think that he's, I think he's got a gun. I think he's got a lot of things he's got going for him there. I just don't think he's got, um, I just don't think he's got at the end of the day the, enough offense to to sustain. And I think the, look, the, the, the Yankees didn't go out and sign one of the 500 shortstops that were on the market and really good shortstops that were on the market. Why didn't they do that? Because they have they they've got they've got what they've got in the minors, and they know that. And you can't you can't pay everybody thirty or forty million dollars. You just can't do it. So they do that too. So you know this is one of the areas the Yankees feel like they're loaded. That they've got a shortstop. They probably have two. They might even have three. 
Okay. And whoever's not there is going to play some other position. What happens to Torres? Are they going to trade Torres? Torres still on this team? Cup spring training? What do you think? Uh, I don't think he's on this team. And, and a big reason why is because there was a development this week where the Yankees said, I think it was Aaron Boone who said that DJ LeMayu likely does not need surgery. If he needed surgery, I thought maybe they hold on to some of their middle infield assets. If he's not going to need surgery, if he's going to be ready, if they think he's going to the beginning of the season, I think the chances of a trade involving Glaber Torres just grew this offseason. I think it grows exponentially. I think it all depends on what happens. Yeah. If LeMayu can play, LeMayu is, 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 is it, it's it, apparently it's not, it doesn't hurt his fielding. And it doesn't hurt. What's hurting is is it, it's it's hurting his hitting. That that injury is hurting his, his yeah. ability. If he's well, if he's well enough to conquer that injury, I mean, he, look at what he did with the two years he was healthy with the Yankees. Look, look at what he did. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're gonna tell me he he was the MVP of the Yankees or just about, maybe co MVP would judge, but I mean, he was great. I mean, the Yankees didn't don't go as far as they did those two years without him. So right. looking at that, you say, and he's still young enough. He's got. He's not not done by a long shot. So that is the key. If he can play, if he can hit, then then it's his job. And you've got to put him somewhere. And you, you, this idea of moving around first base, here, second, but no, no, give him a position, let him play. Right. So so in a week where we will have Aaron Judge reintroduced, named captain of the franchise, Carlos Rodon being introduced, the perhaps in the short term, at the very least, the most important piece of Yankee news from this week will be the fact that DJ LeMahieu likely does not need surgery on his toe. How about that? That could turn out to be the most important thing. It could yeah. be. I mean, listen, I mean, it's it, Judge being captain is a great thing. Let's not mitigate that for a second. We're not. We're not mitigating it. it it's very important to the Yankees. Getting getting you know Rodon. It was very important. Mm-hmm. Extremely important because that gives them you you can only win. Look at Severino, this is his walk year, right? I think this is a free agent after this year. So, you know, it's very, very important to the Yankees to have that one two punch at the top. Plus, they've had a lot of injuries in this rotation. So, you know, at the rotation, you know, so I look at it and say to myself, I mean, I liked Tyone. I thought Tyone was very good, but Tyone was not, is not, you, you don't win or lose a World Series based on Tyone. You just don't. He's a nice part of your rotation, the tail end of your rotation. He's good, he's got value. But I think the Yankees now have a, a rotation that we could is second to none, as long as they stay healthy. And whatever Severino gives you will be a real boost, a real boost. And if he's right, look at the arms the Yankees could throw at you one, one to three. What, how about Nestor being four? What happened? Most teams, Nestor's are two on most teams, maybe in a 1A, whatever. I don't know. But certainly, look at the Yankees now, how deep they are there. That to me is the key, and they they got to be they got to hit because they, they always struggle, and they got to figure out. I mean, you got you can't bet Judge lead off. You can't do that. You got to figure out what they're going to do and give themselves some, some stability. Yankees need stability on this team now. You've got all these pieces. Let's put the puzzle together. Let's put the pieces together and see where it goes. But they have a lot of pieces. They just don't necessarily know exactly where they're going to plug them in. But they have the pieces. I agree, and nothing's uh, set in stone here. We are, like we said, we've been saying it all episode midway through the off season. All right, John. Uh, as we land this plane here for this episode, the final one of twenty twenty two. Anything that you, uh, any, any last words that you have? Great review and subscribe. That's always important. Thank you very much. We're back. Good choice by you. Back for for a long time. We hope, 
and uh, and uh, you know we uh, we were away for the off season, but we're back. And uh, those of you who uh, enjoy us and watch us and listen to us, we say thank you very much, and we continue to uh, uh, implore you to stay with us. And uh, hopefully, we give you uh, some entertainment and some information for your patronage. So thank you very much. That's one. Uh, two, have a very happy holiday to or everybody, or Yankee fans or non-Yankee fans, baseball fans, any fans, just people enjoy the world and. You know what? Uh, you know, be grateful for the good things in life, and family, and love, and friendship, and all the things that are, are sort of uh, underscored at Christmas time. Be grateful for those things because you never take that for granted. And as I get older, I realize, uh, you know, how foolish it is to take anything for granted in life, particularly the wonderful parts of life. And if Christmas and the holidays and Hanukkah and all those things say anything, they're supposed to underscore, you know, what's what's right about the world and what's right about humanity. So. Hopefully people will enjoy that and, and understand that and and then and, and, you know continue to go positive direction with that. And you know, we'll see you next year. And thank you for uh for listening to us. And uh those are my final thoughts. What have you got to say, Justin? Say it. That was lovely, John. I don't know if I should follow up with a uh jumbled up encore to that. Very yeah. nice. How about how about Danny? What do you got, Dan? Say something? Danny Basol. Uh, I got I got nothing but uh, happy holidays to everybody. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. There's nothing in there, Alice. John, and, that, uh, no, John, what you said was There's nothing in there, Alice. I, I, I don't know if this is the right uh, platform for this, but let's go Jets Thursday night football. So uh, you know, room oh, for my Jets. Jets. Oh my Jets! You did the, the second thing close to my heart, the Jets. Oh boy. Yeah. Well, let's not let let's not bring the plane back uh back in the air there. Let's, let's, let's end it on a good plane. note. Yeah, let's the, the different plane. <laughs> Yeah. Jets, different plane. A very different plane. Well, enjoy the holiday. Right, much love, and, and uh, we'll, we'll we'll see you next week. We'll see you shortly. We'll see you right after the holiday. We will be back shortly after the new year. A big, happy, healthy holiday uh, season to all of you out there listening. We appreciate you. Please, like John said, rate, review, subscribe. You can do it on Twitter at Curtin Call Yes. And for John J. Filippelli, for our terrific producer, Dan Bassone, this is Justin Shackle. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Curtain Call Podcast, a production of the Yes Network. <laughs>